0: Around the world, it's a joy for me to be here this morning. This is my first time in our newly re- uh, renovated chapel. Do we not give thanks? Wow, this is awesome! So, uh, the light of the Lord is here, and the presence of the Lord is here. And so, I invite you into that today. I, uh, after reading the scripture, thank you, William, you did an awesome job. I think of Psalm 34. No good thing does the Lord withhold from those who seek Him. No good thing. So let's look at this. This is a word from, um, from Moses. They're about to cross into the land. How many of you are about to cross into a new land of ministry? I see two right there. The land of West Virginia. Exit 115 on U.S. Interstate 79. 79. It's going to be awesome. Anybody else about to cross the land? All right, Ann. Oh my gosh, Ann, you get, you get the whole tribe of uh, Kansas City. May the Lord bless you and keep you as you carry that tribe. Anybody else crossing into the land? All right, so y'all are going. I mean, the time is upon you. Here the Israelites were uh, gathered together. They'd been through 40 years of trial and uh, Uh, Some significantly uh, purging times had taken place in their lives. Moses is gathering them together and saying, look, pay attention, pay attention. I want you to remember, I want you to remember what the Lord has done. And I want you to remember in a certain way, not not in a way that just focuses on what went wrong not just a way that focuses on the negative, but on a way that highlights who God is and what He has done in your midst. This is a certain type of memory. And uh, uh, Throughout church history, it's been called appreciative, tr- uh, appreciative memory, where I look back and I see the hand of God at work in my life. Now, what's the temptation? It's going to be the temptation for all of us It's going to be to look back and focus on the snakes, the scorpions, uh, the strange food, the hordes of Egyptians chasing after us, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to where uh, all you begin to see then in your own life is that which went wrong. Listen, you live in a culture right now that specializes on seeing all that is wrong. You got to be careful not to let that cultural uh, swamp uh, flood your own heart. So we're moving beyond temptation, beyond the temptation to allow hardships to define us, and we're we're going to remember in a way that Scripture directs us that the living Word, who is Jesus, gives us direction. We're going to what? We're going to remember the mercies of God. What did He do? He bought you out of slavery. Chains were broken. He led you through a wilderness. Ministry will be a wilderness at times. He made water flow for you from the rock. When it appeared there was no way forward, He provided a way forward. He fed you in ways that you never even imagined. Manna, the bread of angels, was yours. All of this, according to Moses, was to do you good. The Lord's leading you. He's bringing you forth to do you good. Now, the great personage in church history who really helped us understand the the place of memory, the first person really that that spent an expansive amount of time on memory in our history is none other than St. Augustine. In fact, St. Augustine said to be made in the image of God, literally to bear the image of who God is in our own lives, which is our deepest dignity, is to be given the gifts of memory, intellect, and will. Now what's memory? Memory. Memory, according to Augustine, is being able to bend back on all that has happened and actually see the hand of God at work through it all. If you haven't read the classic work by St. Augustine, the Confessions, I highly recommend this to you. It's a wonderful example of how you and I can look back and not only see what the Lord has done for us and remember that, but allow it to move us to a profound sense of awe, A-W-E, where I literally fall down in wonder, and then awe always leads to worship, where I praise this God who has so been present with me over the journey of my life and over the journey of His church. So we're looking back, we're seeing the hand of God. Now, you're going to find very quickly in ministry, uh, even even in your own life, that the mercy of God, the hand of God, is often hidden. It's often hidden, especially in times of trial uh, when the Egyptians are chasing you. Uh, It's hard to be grateful. So in this hiddenness, even especially also in our failures, we've got to have a grounding here that will help us move beyond the immediate and and not be overwhelmed by the apparent, what seems to be overwhelming us. Now right here is one of our major assignments as shepherds of his church. And everyone here, everyone listening is a shepherd in his or her own right of God's church. Here's our assignment. As ministers of the gospel of Jesus, what are we to do? We are to see the work of God in our own lives and we are to help facilitate that type of Holy Spirit sight in the lives of those that we are called to shepherd. The hand of God has been at work all of our days and the hand of God will continue to be at work there's a great Christian doctrine here about the hand of God that is always at work in my history and in world history. And that great Christian doctrine is called what? Nathan, you don't get to graduate till I hear a word. <laughs> Basic Christian doctrine. This is, the, this is the doctrine of divine providence of grace at work moving history including your history to a glorious conclusion god's at work look flip over real quick to uh, Joshua 23:14 the old man now is coming to the end of his ministry after an amazing run and uh, what does he say in 23:14 to The people of Israel, Joshua, now I'm about to go the way of all the earth and you know in your hearts and souls, all of you, that not one thing has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised you. Now, I want to submit that's either absolute insanity or that is the gospel incarnated in the Old Testament. Either that's something that's just pure rubbish or the living word of God is something I can actually trust the entirety of my life upon. So what do we do? Jesus said it this way, do not be afraid. Now that's an imperative command. It's a pretty strong word in Luke 12. 32. Do not be afraid little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Everything needful. It's a promise. Everything needful. Look, take out your little fear exercise here. Remember the long way that the Lord has has led you. You can do this later. You can think about it. If I were to enter into spiritual direction with you, I would suspect that most of you will will have some concern, even a very significant concern in your life right now. So I'd say, all right, write down, what's your fear? What's your concern? What's, what's the issue that's really gripping your heart right now? What does the word have to say about that particular fear or that particular uh, anxiety? Fear is always uh, tied to something very specific. Anxiety is broad in general, so let it stay with fear. What's the specific fear? What does the word, the living word, say to it? And then, on the right-hand side, fill in, all right, is there a promise here? Does Jesus himself, uh, or do one of his prophets, or does King David, does somebody have a promise uh, in the word for what I am facing in life? In ministry, part of what you've got to do is help people who can only see that which is wrong and broken and hurt hurting in their world we don't deny that we work for healing in that in their lives but when we move them into interaction with the living word of jesus then we're going to help them experience healing of memories and confidence in life so i believe in history uh christian history will back us up that um, we're able to look back on our lives with God's eyes. And what are we able to cry out? I think if there's one flagship verse in the whole of the Old Testament, which you'll see in a number of different places, but you'll see it especially in, in the Psalms, like in Psalm uh, 136.1, what do we cry out? What does memory move us to? It's this verse. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for His steadfast love endures forever. Can you say it with me? Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Now what do we do with that? We not only look back and receive thanksgiving, a heart of thanksgiving, but right now we say as we face whatever we have to face right now as we're looking forward, we say, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. And what does it do? It it, it brings us, literally brings us full circle, back to the gifts of the table.